Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. We are back. This is not show number 300. This nope. is show number 301. But we are going to be discussing the bear and the bow. Mm, yes. That- Which is actually what the name of the movie Brave was supposed to be I see. originally. And then they changed it to Brave. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So this is our first thoughts about the episode entitled Bear and the Bow. We're going to be all over the place probably. We're not going to be following any type of structure. structure so no. sorry about that ahead of time. There's no way to do that with this episode because it was epic. Yeah. the So the episode number is 301 so you can get to the show notes at once upon a time podcast.com slash 301 so i noticed my lovely wife yes kind of tearing up oh. uh, at least once through the episode no, no, so no, there i know were that a few there times was... when i literally okay. started shedding tears and, and it wasn't tearing up i was crying okay i was it was very to... emotional no it yeah. was it was I normally don't use this expression, but the feels. Okay. All the feels. The feels. There were so many feels. <laughs> Once Ruby so, walks on that screen, I'm going to have some feels. You're going to so, have different absolutely. kind of feels. But yeah. So the Rumbellers really around the world are cheering. I can hear you. I hold up my smartphone and I listen to Twitter <laughs> and I hear all the Rumbells. Yay! This is amazing. And Colleen will. Yes. Colleen is a Rumple fan for sure. Yes. Well, I love Belle. And, and I Belle. love Rum, Rumple and Belle together. Okay. So I, I don't, I'm, I like a lot of characters, but yes, I do appreciate these two in particular. I love, yeah, I love all characters. I'm, I'm one of those weird people. Just, I love all the characters. Yeah. The bad so. ones, the bad ones I tend not to like so much only because, you know, I just. But they make to, the good characters but, good. You okay. know what? Yeah. But I have come to appreciate some of the more evil characters yes and we need those because if the good characters had no one to counteract them they wouldn't be good and they wouldn't have anything to do so exactly merlin rocks we're talking about the episode now we're diving in merlin really rocks that was so much fun watching him free from the tree yeah. Storming the castle. We had Charming. We had Hook. And we had Belle. We had Belle. <laughs> Not far behind. Exactly. And on her adventure mm-hmm. with the guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was really neat when he was doing some Rumple as Dark One-esque magic with his hands. Oh, yeah. Flur- flourishes and lighting fires and turning off totally. electricity yeah, yeah. and throwing people no around. No electricity, honey. It was all turning off the fire and turning it... Fair enough. Uh, turning off and turning back on the, the flames. Yeah, you're right. It is Camelot. Dude. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really neat watching him be all magical. Yeah. And yeah, was. there was really some interesting things he said. I, I'm... I wrote down a question. Did he travel through time? Because. Right. But then at the end, we, we, we hear him out. say, yeah. however, you got the message. Right. So when he was sending his message, it took on a sort of 
I would say kind of Star Wars hologram kind of a thing. Thank you. That's where I was going to go. And as long as the person got the message, that was important. Right. But how... It was it really very, very much like uh, Princess Leia in the R two, you know, hologram thing. Right. That and, and you know when uh, what was it? Uh, Obi Wan spoke from the grave. Okay. Ghost Obi Wan. Ghost. Yeah, Anakin. yeah, yeah. You know right, what I'm talking right. about, right? Mm-hmm. So as yeah. as long and and that was really because I wrote, did he travel through time? Because he mentioned because Hook said, do you? You see the future. Bits and pieces. And he said bits and pieces, which was exactly, I don't know if Rumpel said that exact term. No, but it was similar. It was very, yeah, very, similar very similar to it. And yeah. I wonder if, okay, because Rumpel had the seer mm-hmm. experience, right? Yeah. And Because he we took see, the powers from her. Correct. Yeah. And But that's what she said. She said, you're not going to have knowledge of all the future. Right. You're going to have bits and pieces, a little right. bit here and there. Right. And and he even said like, it was kind of fuzzy. Yeah. I don't see everything. Right. So Emma had the dream catchers, mm-hmm. which is what she uses to kind of catch up on things. Yeah, to see the past. Right. She didn't see the future with it. She sees the past. Yeah, but I think I think it helps her anticipate well, certain absolutely. things. Well, absolutely. And... But with Merlin, I wonder what his experience was to see the future bits and pieces and all that. So anyway, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see more of his backstory. So, Which, by the way, it also reminded me the fact, and, and I'm going to skip ahead to the end piece, mm-hmm. the, conver- the, the you know when he was able to get his message through again. Right. Do you know what that reminded me of a little bit? I mean, it was definitely a Star Wars thing, but it right. also reminded me a little bit of Lion King when Simba was out in the field and after his father died and he had kind of grown up a little bit and it was, you know, his father spoke to Mm -hmm. him in the stars and that whole thing and never forget who you are, you know, that whole thing. That's what that reminded me of a little bit, actually. So, yes. What I was kind of shocked at was Lancelot in the cell Mm -hmm. seeing Merlin. If it was me. Mm hmm. And Merlin was in a tree. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked, falling back. Merlin, you're back. You're out of the tree. What a wow! We we're gonna, I think, see some stuff with Lancelot coming up. Okay. I, I'm hoping we're gonna get to see a backstory with him. I think we're gonna find that he's not as ordinary as they portray him to be. Okay, but I'm just saying. I, I'm he, just saying. He, hey, he wasn't as surprised no, no, no. as I really had thought he should be. That would be my point. Be, That's so. exactly my point. If he would, as an ordinary mortal, of course, I think he's going to be, you know, shocked and surprised. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But it's Lancelot. And if okay. they go with the actual Arthurian legend, his mother is Lady of the Lake, which means he has some sort of, you know, magical being power type thing. I I have to say this right here. Yeah. Is we have seen a lady of the lake in Lake Nostos known as the Siren. Right. Now, I don't... In in past seasons of Once Upon a Time, I leave the first season. But that's not the Lady of the Lake what we're talking about. I think it's a different one. I think it'll be a different one. That was a shapeshifter. Sure. Absolutely. She wanted to make out with uh, people. Do that. So that's, that's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's a whole All right. Volume. So Belle's book, Belle and her book. Yeah. Always ready to go. Which, by the it's, way, was, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually Merlin's book. 
Okay. Because remember, they had been po- no poking right. around in Roland's right. room. Well, because so, Belle had an adventure book that she, well, she did, walked around with and but read it wasn't, stuff. But yeah, that, that's, that probably was Merlin's book. I think that was Merlin's book, book yeah. because it was way yeah. too big to be something you would just kind of carry around in your pocket and record adventures. And I, I think it was Merlin's book, and I, that's why he said, clever girl, very good, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the whole thing is that. It comes back to, you know, how Regina blew the dust off of the book and she got magic that way. I yep. think that's the same principle is that once Merlin saw the book, he was able to, you know, regain some of his powers or whatever. I was interested in a comment that Merida made when she put her trust in wisps and mm-hmm. she was very concerned. She goes, well, the wisps are gone and I need that. And Merlin said, the wisp will only lead you to destruction. Right. Don't worry about that. We will find another way. Right. And this is all about trust and, and putting your faith in something, well, someone, in and believing in yourself. It, it was very deep in this episode, but I was just very, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is the way life is, right? Right. She needed the wisp. We all think we need something to f- follow and go and lead and all this. But it was very interesting. Merlin said, "Don't worry about that." You know, it, it, he, he knew that she was being led astray, right? Or, and I thought, so. I thought honestly that it. He said, "It will lead to your death." Yeah, which is really not good, right? So, in all honesty, yeah, you know what. I think he's right, and here's why. She ultimately was going to transform herself into the bear. Right. Which would ultimately lead to her death because she might have been able to free her brothers. She might have been able to fight off a few of the guys. She wasn't going to be able to do it. Even with the strength of a bear, she still wasn't going to be able to defend mm-hmm. herself against that many men. So ultimately, she would have died the, as a bear. Right. And I think Merlin knew that. And that's why he said, don't follow the wisp because wisps are only going to, she had to come up with another resource, another way to do it. So he really helped her kind of change her way of thinking I'm, and look to herself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with the next thing I want to talk about, I'm going to try not to uh, ease out onto uh, thin ice, but Merlin only appears to someone chosen. Yeah. I, but, but that's when he's trapped in another, in another form or dimension or whatever right when he's not in his natural form he can only appear to people who have been chosen right so i i just think it's that's what's really great about having a book and and something written down that everyone can read and everyone can kind of whatever but there was a lot of secretive stuff tonight where arthur said no i'd like to be by myself and oh i don't the minute he said that, I'm like, yeah. oh, seriously, you cannot be telling me you guys actually trust this guy. Seriously, you cannot be telling me you're trusting him because he is going to he's going to yank everybody's chain somehow. I mean, certainly there are other stories where, you know, uh, one certain person is chosen to receive a message. Sure. I understand that. But in this situation here with two writers from Lost and the whole idea of splitting up a group so that not everyone knows the same story. Once Arthur said, look, you know, I, I, I need a moment alone with right. Merlin. I'm I mean, after whatever. all, he did give me the message alone. You know, I was alone. He only spoke to me when I was alone. Come on, dude. Really? And I thought for two seconds that maybe Regina was going to be watching somehow. I 
I was almost expecting them to to have a fake mushroom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Like fake yeah, him out yeah. again to see or mm-hmm. have have a way to like view inside there. I did too. I was expecting that and I was like, come on you guys, really? You cannot be that gullible twice. Yeah. And wow. another theme tonight was and and again, we talked about this I think in the last episode about Bell really not having much to do last season and people just got so right, so right. upset yeah i just would rail on adam stuff, yeah you know, she, yeah. she only says two words or she only nods or what well, well, what's what's she there for but tonight a number of times she went rogue she went yeah. the opposite way she left the situation of that, that she was in and didn't stay with the group didn't stay with rumple she went off and I thought for a minute when she was acting kind of strange to me, and when she left the car, I thought it was Emma no, masquerading as Belle to kind of really push the issue and mm-hmm. make make Rumple become a hero and control Belle. That's what I thought, but mm. I was mistaken. Yeah, no, I, I suspected like. it was her. And I will tell you this: when I was watching Belle tonight, there were moments where I was honestly worried that she was going to turn around and go. You are really like the weakest, most cowardly person I've ever met. What the heck? Mm -hmm. And how could I have ever loved you kind of a thing? I honestly was expecting her to be like, this is ridiculous. This is so not the man I fell in love with. This is so not. But then I realized, no, that was her watching him become the man she always knew he could be. Yeah. And how exciting that is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was very emotional watching him, you know, do something to save her. And yeah, Rumpel still has a long way to go. Sure. He's not completely out of the woods, but I did like the fact that he, at the end there was very much in the, you know, ready to be that, you know, he's right. And he, and he's that because she did stand by him because she did, even though she walked away. Right. That was actually the best thing she could have done for him. Because mm. if she'd gone with him across town line, game over. Some will disagree, probably, with that eh. statement. But I agree. I, I think sometimes you, people need tough love and Absolutely. to back away. And, and, you know, different a different subject, but the same is when you're raising children, you cannot... Yeah take care of them Can't their entire them, right? life. You have to step back from, and teach from what them I understand to take care of themselves. and from what I've experienced right. and let them take care of themselves and, and grow we, we and, to, and all that. That's the so, thing. You have to teach them. We right. talked about that earlier. You have to teach them how to do things. Even if it's difficult things, you still have to teach them how to do it. Otherwise, how do they know? And that was what I think she was doing was she was saying, look, you know, we could, I could go with you and we could follow your little plan and it'll be a bad one. And I'm not going to do that because that's not what's best for you. See, that to me is real love. Real true love says, I am going to do what's best for you to make sure that you are the best person you can be. Right. And if that means that I'm going to disagree with you on something, you can be mad at me all you want, but I'm going to do it because I know that ultimately you're going to see the benefit of what I'm saying. You're going to understand that and you're going to see that that's what you know, it is. And, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a tough thing to do sometimes to sit back and watch somebody you love do something that, you know, is just not a good idea. And you just kind of go, OK, I got to let you do it and let you figure it out. And then when you realize that I'm right, then it's all good. It was interesting to me because I think I do it. I think a lot of people do it. They put 
real deep feelings and association to things. Mm-hmm. And look, the chip cup means a lot of things to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And including uh, Rumpel. Yeah. But the thing is, is in that situation, he knew he had to break the ch- break the cup to free himself. And so I think that was one of the steps mm-hmm. to become a hero or at least leave the coward behind. I agree to, with you. To break the cup. And, and the, there, there's something about change that you've got to break or destroy something that was holding you back. And perhaps that was holding him back. Because anyway, uh, that that allowed him to cut his bonds, to leave, and it. As much as I've seen this show, we've seen that cup be destroyed before. Yeah, we have. And so, more than likely, it will come back together. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. Yeah, no. But it was just very interesting that it took that to be one of the steps of uh, the change of Rumpel. I will tell you that when I saw him do that and I knew what he was going to do, that was actually a very emotional scene Mm -hmm. because I saw a man who was desperately needing to save his own life. And he knew the only way to do it was to destroy the one thing that was a physical manifestation of the bond between him and Bell. And that to me though he was trying to save his life and it may have seemed like he was trying to be, you know, that he was being very cowardly. He was actually being incredibly brave to take the step forward and to walk away from that thing. That was the crutch that kind of kept him going and, you know, forced him to kind of face facts. If I don't do this, I will die. Mm -hmm. And so, but if I do this, you know, what a devastation. And that's why he had to kiss the cop because I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a big deal. It was a huge deal, but it was a very, it was the very first step towards him becoming brave. Yeah. And sometimes you have to let go of things and that's yeah, you I do. Think what, yeah. what he did, not a bell. No, but, but it strengthened him. Right. Right. In the long run, yeah. it strengthened him. And it'd be interesting to kind of look back at all the different situations. I remember just, you know, Regina using that cup as a pawn, the, uh, uh, a way to get him to sure. say his name. Absolutely. Who he, who he was, like she said, in other lands. So uh, anyhow, but the I want to talk about the next uh, scene with Emma and Merida when they discover that he did leave uh, his little tent. Oh, yeah. And the, you know, um, she said, well, okay, here's the thing. You're going to put an arrow through Belle's heart. And that's it. Yeah, pretty much. It was, look, clearly he still loves and cares about Belle, which she already knew. I mean, we all knew that. So it was a matter of if he wasn't going to go willingly, I think that that's another thing. Telling Merida that she would have to kill Belle, basically, right. in order to make Rumpel brave, was really Emma using last resort. I think Emma tried everything she could to say, look, make him as brave as you can. Make him, make him the hero I need. And then when she realized that Belle still meant something to him and that 
for him to break the cup was a big deal in order to spare his own his own you know life self-preservation man it always wins out right yeah well she realized that and when she realized that she knew that she had to kind of up the ante a little bit so i think putting bell's life in danger was a last resort i think it was the ace up her sleeve and that was the one thing she knew that would you know kind of push him over the edge I, and I'm not sure if if I like the whole using of the cup first because I think it was a plot device. Me, if if, if we're talking about an evil dark one and all this, I would have went for Bell first. That yeah. would have been the first. But that's that would have sped point. up the whole process. This actually, in my opinion, is exactly why it confirms. It confirms for me exactly what I, we've been saying last few episodes. I don't think that Emma's really all that dark. I think yeah. there's enough light and goodness in her because she is the savior. And I think that's her destiny. That's her fate. That's who she's supposed to be. I think that in and of itself is what is kind of getting her to do these last resort things and not going for the first, most obvious, most evil thing. Right? Yep. She's 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 trying to go the least... The path of least resistance. And if people are not going to follow on board with what she's got, she has to up the ante, which is exactly what happened with, you know, the whole bit. Because you're right. If she had been really, truly dark, Belle would have been the first thing. She would have laid her out. Right. All right. Uh, We'll talk. uh, There was a scene where the elevator opened and Rumpel was there. And I'll try not to read it again, but I thought it was interesting that Belle kind of knew. She said, look, you went through the forest mm-hmm. and then you went through the mines. Yeah. And then you use the elevator and came up here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, and it's kind of like the Yoda-esque kind of thing or, or Mr. Miyagi or whatever is like you you think all these things that you're doing doesn't amount to anything but if you take a step back and you look there no i've learned a lot right by doing all that well and i think it was a very emotional scene particularly because you know rumple just desperate to get safe anywhere and hoping and praying and knowing that you know bell was in the library or at least hoping she was or if not knowing he could hide there until she came you know, I think that that was uh, it was really tough to watch the door open and him just absolutely cower in fear, even when she I mean, it was almost like she was she was coaxing out a very frightened animal. Yeah, very much like an abused, frightened animal. And it was really difficult to watch, actually, because, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, like a rescue dog that has is, you know, d- doesn't know what's going on and is, is cowering in its little cage. I mean, it was just it was very much like that. And then she got him to sit down there and I, you could see her, it was just it was very, very gut wrenching to watch her try and calm him down and let him know that he's safe and that he's going to be fine and she's going to help him. And, you know, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a great it was a great scene. It was emotional, but a great scene. Well, I I also I don't have a full <laughs> I don't have this down. I'm not perfect at this, but it was very interesting of what causes someone to keep going. You know, and and we had we had just a, a few little mentions of that. You know, you and I kind of talked about just a podcast in general. There's nothing really special about you or I, mm-hmm. but 
when you know we we say things like you know we send out big love or hang in there or if you're having a tough time those kind of things you you don't think about what they mean and what mm-hmm. they can mean to someone that listens to this podcast but when rumple said you know you saved me mm-hmm. the one thing that kept me going when i was in the coma was hearing your voice yeah. you know yeah. and so it, it's it's that thing of he was ready to give up yeah was, he and, was ready to just die yeah i mean wow and there there's times in our life when we when we get the feeling and you know those feelings it's it's, mm-hmm. it's different where yeah. you know yeah. reach out and do this or tell somebody or something and you don't know what that will mean absolutely in the large scheme of things and you could say well that's weird why should i do that and sometimes it's good to just take that step and yeah. say what you need to say or do what you need to do sometimes. and and in that case that saved his life. And that's exactly the point. We're not talking about necessarily, you know, I mean, obviously you may not run across somebody who's in a coma. Right. We, we know that. But I think even on the smallest scale, even just giving somebody a smile, right. giving somebody something will get them through whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just a, a little, hey, how's it going? It, it's amazing. You know, we, we get caught up in our own busy lives and, you know, I'm crazy guilty of it i don't get on social media nearly as often as i you know would like to Mm. or nearly as often as i probably should and i don't interact with people as often as i should uh life gets a little crazy so this is the way for me to kind of reach out and go hey hope everybody's having a great day Mm -hmm. if you're not you know it will get better things do you know things are always you know changing just hang in there it's you know good luck with whatever's going on and i don't know what's going on with anybody right now i don't right. know what's going on with, right. with, with with what's happening but bottom line is, is that bell understood and recognized that even just talking to him while he was in the coma was a possibility that it could reach him and it was the thing that you know saved him i we've how many times have we heard or seen movies uh, heard stories of you know soldiers fighting over in, you know, foreign soil mm-hmm. in different wars, you know, past wars, current ones where the picture of a girlfriend, you know, the, the, sure. the air force pilot, you know, flying over enemy lines and the picture of the girlfriend is the one thing that keeps them going, you know, and the picture, you know, knowing that their girl is back home waiting for them. That's kind of the thing that I think he was going through emotionally is yeah. that same thing as, you know, just, you know, the thought of her smile, the thought of her face, the, the sound of her voice was what kept him going. And sometimes that's really all it takes. And we forget that. I think we do. We forget that it's just, it's just as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I totally agree. I also noticed that there was this connection between gold shop and the witch's house in the emerita flashback hmm. because they yeah. both said yeah. there's something there's magic there that can help us yes the same line yeah, yeah. so you know i've always kind That's of a parallel yeah 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 mm-hmm. and I, i've always kind of enjoyed the what i call the points of power uh, and right. kind of matching the two areas sure. and sure. that could be kind of gold similar. shop similar in the uh, Fairytale Land, well, maybe. and the other thing too was the parallel was ba- Bell was on the you know was in the midst of what was happening when they both had you know I mean she was with Merida when Merida 
took her there. And then she was with Rumpel when he was ready to go there. So, I mean, it all centers around Belle. So we fate was a lot in tonight's episode. Change your fate. Right. How do you change your fate? Uh, actually, if you think back to last season, they talked about fate yeah. a lot when it came to Lily and sure. that kind of a thing. Sure. The apprentice and, and all well, that. And by the way, if you remember Brave, that was the tagline mm-hmm. right. or one of the big things that yeah, yeah. you know she talked about. If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's and that's a big deal because a lot of us do think about that. If you had the chance to change your fate, would you take it? And there's there's a, a price with that, right? As she found out in the movie, as well as tonight. I mean, like I said, this this is one of one of my favorite episodes so far like Mm -hmm. of all of them it's up there it's up there in like my top 10 has to be because it was really really good and i thought there were so many great points and so many great things to think about you know do you do you take the easy road or do you take the right road right so you know and and it's it's like star wars i mean do you do you really enjoy and and kind of step back and stay mm-hmm. at the farm do what you know whatever or do you actually dream of doing something else fighting for what's right doing something that has some kind of worth in your in your soul right yeah. and what do you do because doing that changes everything yeah. You know, and you're going to hurt people in the process. You know, uh, you know, Owen Embaru died uh, because Luke left. Uh, yeah. He could have maybe saved him. And it's just this whole thing of changing your fate. Do you kind of go along with the flow? Do you marry the guy to keep your whatever? Or do you say, no, you know, I don't fancy him. I'm not going to marry this guy. Right. I'm going to choose my own fate. I'm going to do things my own way. And it, it broke her mom's heart. It, it totally did. broke her dad's well, heart a little it, bit. but It did, but at the same time, I think, you know, if you think about it, that was actually, she she went against tradition. She bucked mm-hmm, right, tradition, right. and she said, I'm not doing that just because y'all said that I should. And that's not the first time we've seen that. I mean, in the actual Brave movie, that was the primary, you know, right. driving force behind it. But we also, if you, any of you fans out there have seen it, Princess Diaries 2, which was not an animated feature, but it was, you know still princessy and stuff so disney right um same thing can a woman rule without a man beside her and i i think it's very possible mm-hmm. and you know the right woman can right yeah so i think that she proved that she was more than capable even though and then as we find out you know we're thinking what's the deal what's the deal what's the deal why why is she having trouble with this and then we find out that you know the reason she wanted to take the potion is because she knew she could she she felt like she was to blame for her father's death right that's really unfortunate sure and i know that we all feel that i mean we all make mistakes everybody does Granted, the majority of us do not make mistakes that might cost someone else their life. But at the same time, I mean, any mistake you make that has, you know, deep running ramifications, it's difficult to go on they, and to move on and to not, you know, like like Belle said, look, 
I went through this. I lost my mother in the Ogre's War, and I blamed myself for a long time. And I had to learn to forgive myself and let it go and move on. And you can do the same. You need mm-hmm. to do the same because it's not your fault. You know, I mean, she missed. She missed an error. I mean, any number of things could have, any number of factors could well, have caused that, right? And, and she talked about there was this kind of being thing that kind of she fought against or whatever. So there, there's more to that story that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. So, but, but you're right. I mean, there was a lot of these kind of shattering of the past right. things tonight. Right. right. You know, Rumple shattering the whole idea of the, the being the coward. Right. And, you know, he, he told Bell, he said, you know, I told you how I got, how I became, you know, crippled. Right. I, I did it to myself She's because like, I was I already afraid. Knew that. I was afraid. You know, yeah. everyone's coming it. back from the war. Right. You know? I didn't do so. it to to go back to my son. Right. I did it because I was scared. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, anybody would be, you know, kind of a thing. It was that whole. She understood. She gets it because look, we're human beings. But what I'm saying is, there was a lot of these type of things right. in the that they had to let go of, get over, and move on from the past. Right, so, right. Um, you got to learn from the past. Right. It, it, it's one of those things where I want to grab, like, um, I want to grab this stick from Lion King. Right. Like, another Lion King reference. Uh, I want to grab Rafiki's stick and mm-hmm. hit them over the head and have them go, ouch, why'd you do that? Doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> move on. Yeah. Yeah, the Lion King. Uh, uh, I I love the Lion King. I was going through uh, divorce separation at the time, mm. and my mom said, "You know, we got to see this movie." And my mom always had these ways of uh, seeing the right thing at the right time at the right moment. And mm-hmm. I went and I saw it, and I and I remember the vision. I remember who you are, and I that that was a special thing because I needed. I needed Rafiki or I needed a kick in the butt or I needed something yeah. to say, look, this is not going to shatter you. Yeah. You know who you are. And the yeah. situation that you're walking through doesn't define who you are. You're still, you know, your destiny. And we've talked about destiny tonight right. or whatever. Right. So Bella's, Bella's Rafiki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bella's essentially With Rafiki. her book. I think she hits people <laughs> with her book. Yeah. Uh, so Zelina called uh, the little baby My Little Munchkin, which uh-huh, I thought was kind of funny. Which, very funny. Yeah, it's adorable. And the I, I, I think uh, maybe Regina's on Arbonne. She told, you know, the nurse Ratchet <laughs> to only ring locally grown, um, you know, vegetables, uh, you know, and that's it. That's the only thing that she's going to get served. Okay, but... But here's the funny thing. Okay, that's awesome, and that's great that she's preaching healthy food. But where else is she going to get the food from? I know, I know. But I just, I thought it was kind of funny. It was just like. It's just kind of one of those funny things. And and it was like green protein drink and green broccoli. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like. Tons of broccoli, tons of. Here you go. And I think I saw some uh, pea pods or green beans or something else. Sugar snap peas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of things. Sugar snap peas, broccoli, and carrots. So we got the Oz thing going on. So, you know, Regina is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she gets it all. All right, so uh, Emma pops in to uh, Zelina's uh, uh, yeah. little um, room there and tempts her with onion rings. Yep. So who knew uh, Zelina really wanted uh, but, onion rings? But again, that is yet another little hint at what we were talking about in the last show with uh, one of our listeners who had written in and pointed out that the evil characters tend to be a bit immature. Yeah. Right. And 
grown-ups typically don't eat, well, I shouldn't say. Onion rings are something you, very much you find on teeny boppers. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing, you know. All right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not really like most grown-ups don't typically order onion rings. Do you know what I mean? Well, especially, especially older ones because we can't right. stomach them anymore. But yeah, but, you're right. If you're going you know to I mean? offer something to someone, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but the only thing I'll say is she did say that's what she wanted, and that's what oh, she yeah, got. Absolutely, exactly. So temptation was met with well, uh, sure, the request. Sure. But uh, so Emma said, "Yeah, dark ones don't judge." So. Yeah, I mean, go and meet that last one because dark ones don't judge. And, that's a load of crap, too, by the but, way. But but that is a a clear picture of an evil character because if they're a good character, things are black and white, and things are bad or good right, or evil right, or right. not. And and so she was kind of playing this whole idea of an evil character. Eh, nothing's wrong. Right. Eh, anything you anything yeah. you want to do is is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the Joker, anybody who, yeah, there's, there's no moral compass and exactly. you just, whatever. So, uh, and then they brought up Merlin's wand and I, I cheered in, inside. I went, yes. yes. Yeah. They haven't forgotten. Yeah. I haven't forgotten. Yeah. Uh, cause we saw, we saw Zelina hold it and Regina hold it in the middle of the street. Yeah. And Steve's watched them film that. that. Yeah. yeah the cuff that and all that. Yep. yep. We did. So I'm um, hopefully we'll, we'll get more of that. But uh, Zelina, <laughs> she was giving Emma jabs. Oh, and then she, she goes, oh, my gosh. But wait, you. Oh, you're saying I'm evil? Just, oh, wait a minute. You yank your boy's girlfriend's heart out. Yeah. Oh, but just to get it to. And then put it, oh, my gosh. She goes, that's a next level darkness right there. <laughs> well you, done. You. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. She's like, yeah, you know, you you've done plenty of bad stuff. Yeah, but mm. <laughs> but we've talked about this a lot about you know life is is not a solo sport and we all are in this thing together and that's not just a a term or a throwaway word right. or a lyric of a song or whatever. But Zelina says the difference between me and you, Emma. Mm-hmm. Is I don't mind being alone, right? And that was a huge kind of slam at her because I oh, think she so. may know that Emma's kind of playing along. Very possibly, yeah. Because she, she, well, she Emma loves it. Emma loves Henry. Sure. Emma loves everybody, right? She There's does. all this connection. She even loves but her Zelina. Parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. But Zelina is like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, she nope. she kind of does, but she doesn't for sure. That, that's not a draw. She'll take it's, onion rings over relationships with Regine or anybody else. Look, so. it's bravado for yeah. her to say that because mm-hmm. she really doesn't want to be alone. That's why she wants the baby so badly because she knows the baby will love her unconditionally. And honest, honestly, it'd be cool if they can figure out a way to work that out. Because I think if Zelina did have somebody who loved her and didn't turn on her, she might actually mellow out a bit. I'd like to see that. But she was very sassy, and I loved seeing her be sassy and kind of, yeah, you know, push she, it back on Emma. She kind of, yeah, she kind of woke up, and yeah. that, it was it was nice to see his yeah. nurse ratchet again too. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty funny. She needs something to do. But you know, we've talked about validation by other people, and it was nice that sometimes we need that, but you don't you. 
you don't want to need that all the time. Right. But it was nice for Belle to kind of look at Rumpel and say, I see a hero in you. Mm-hmm. You don't, yeah. but I do. And I'm telling you, da 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 da. I'm, that's what I see. Yeah, and you and, need to see him too. Right. You need to start looking and seeing it too. So I mean, yeah, it was like I said, it was just an over the top awesome episode tonight, and it was really very very emotional. We we fixate on our failures. Yeah, we tend to, but we don't fixate on our steps away from that, or learning from that, or right. becoming better different whatever and that was a nice moment when she reminded him look this is what i see and and i mean who there were just some really great moments uh, between them so we heard the spell of what what was it more do okay yeah so that was also from the movie brave where the witch turned the prince into a bear Mm -hmm. and um he ended up living alone. It was a very sad, lonely existence. He ended up being killed. Mm-hmm. And I really and if you did... haven't seen the movie Brave, do yourselves a favor and go watch it. It's a great, and I, great movie. I don't think I wrote this down, but Amy Manson is just fantastic. Oh, dude. dude, oh my she's gosh, awesome. I could feel the 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 passion and the strength that she was mm-hmm. given her line. Mm-hmm. I could feel that on, on the couch, out of the TV. Oh, yeah. She's really, really good. And Very commanding. So I think some people, when they cast these folks to fill the roles, I think they get really caught up in, well, they should be the voice from the cartoon, or they should be, they don't look right or whatever. But I think... Overall, yeah, Adam and Eddie really yeah. cast well. Yeah, they've done an amazing job with, with this. And they've done very well with, so far, all their casting choices, in my opinion, have been spot on. So, yeah, Amy Mann said, I don't know what she, else she's been in. I'm going to have to look her up because she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's really, really good. So, Belle is really an amazing person because not only was she helping Rumpel. Be a hero and see himself as a hero, yeah. and ca- and and causing him to face his fear and get over his fear, and and she was always also doing that for Merida as yeah. well. Yeah. So she switched out the the potion. Yeah. Gave her the water. Yeah. And then I, I love the fact that you know they're surrounded. Yep. Really in over their head, and then she goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, that's water." And she goes, well, I wish you would have done this to, you know, to teach me this without us being surrounded now. Yeah. If you're going to teach me a lesson, you should have waited until we weren't surrounded, completely surrounded. But I do love the fact that she did exactly what I expected her to do, which was she basically destroyed the three arrows that were launched at her brothers. Yeah. Very neatly, very cleanly, just absolutely destroyed them. I love the fact that there was a part of her that you could see was just... Saying the words, but I think she was terrified inside, scared half out of her mind mm-hmm. saying it. You've seen what I can do with a bow and arrow. You, do you really want to see what I can do with a sword when they started pulling their swords out? Because they knew they couldn't beat her with bow and arrow. So then they figured sword. And I love the fact that she's not known for sword play. She's known for the bow and arrow. And the fact that I think that that was a, a bit of bravado to say, if you see what I can do with the bow and arrow... Just wait till I show you what I can do with the sword. So I think it was um, it was very interesting because you could see she was trembling and she was just this just yeah. I mean there was there was a mixture of all kinds of emotions and and Amy Manson played it 
to perfection. So, no, it was it was very cool. And again, I think it was a nice moment for Belle to be able to watch somebody reach their potential. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Well, I love also the way she talked about her father specifically. Oh, and yeah. how her father taught her everything. Oh, you and mean uh, Merida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Merida, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And I thought I thought that was a great thing because anyway, sometimes you don't Well, you know what it is too is that it's not typical in fairy tales especially for the father to have felt like the daughter needed to learn you know how to fight and typically fairy tales the you know princess was the damsel in distress. Right. Right? For the most part. Plus, all the fathers that we've seen have been jerks or awful people. Exactly. Exactly. And so I love the fact that hers was really awesome. And he was like that in the movie. I mean, it was a, a, you know, obviously a much more cartoonish version of him. No pun intended. But it was, you know, he was a very jolly, fun, happy-go-lucky kind of a guy. And, you know, he, but he is the one who gave her the bow and arrow. And he is the one who encouraged her to learn how to shoot the bow and arrow. He is the one who encouraged her how to, you know, fight. Against her mother's wishes. Exactly. Exactly. So I love the fact that, um, that they played this very, you know, played it fully in, in the story. And then when her brothers were released and they all hugged, that's when I started losing it because it was really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, a great, great scene. Here she is. Her brothers who are bigger, stronger, and taller than she is now that they're all grown up. And she's still taking care of them. Well, and I just want to say this, that not all fathers in Once Upon a Time are bad people or no, jerks or no, whatever. No, 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 no. It's just that most of them. Well, we've seen a number of them yeah. that have been. Right. They're not all that way. So just right. like we've seen some mothers have been less than good, too. And yeah. we've seen some that have been great. So True. The, the casting of the cast members of the Brave story in the flashback, I thought were great, oh, too. Oh, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. Really good. They, they did a really good job in... Um, getting their costumes right to match the characters in the movie. And even that white haired guy, the blonde, 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 white haired dude, he looked exactly like the cartoon one. I mean, there were a couple of them that looked exactly like their cartoon counterparts. It was really very, very classic. It was kind of like what they did with, uh, the frozen storyline. Well, we got, we got, we got Weaselton. I love seeing that dude. Wesselton. That was funny. Wesselton. Wesselton. No, I call him Weaselton. Yeah, I know, but it's Duke of Wesselton. Yes. I know that. Yes, but, but anyway, yeah. point is, is that yes, it was very well, very mm-hmm. well done, and I thought it was a great completion of the story, or at least continuation of the story after the movie. It was fantastic. Yeah, boy, they they just kind of wrapped that thing up really fast. Juju well, they, done. They had to make her grown up. They couldn't have yeah, a teenage girl doing this. They had no, to- no, no. I mean, the, the, in this episode, I think oh, they yeah. tied up. The, the, yeah. the brave yeah. story really fast. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see her again, Merida. I I hope so, but I I don't know. Uh, she got her heart back, so I'm thinking we'll see her. We'll see some more of her. What I mean is, I think they're going to focus on the rest of the story. Well, sure, get but, those but tied up, we so. won't get we won't see the her backstory so much. But I think we'll still yeah. see her. Okay, that's cool. what I think. I'm hoping. All right, so Arthur is a jerk. Oh, dude. So he is an epic freaking yeah jackhole. Yeah. So, we can say that on a podcast. We I can because I'm not right. saying anything bad, but you no, all know what so, I mean. He's so, a jackhole. Uh, <laughs> so they the the producers of this episode pull the old Jurassic Park mirror trick, and I Dude, don't know if you did. remember that, awesome. that the um, 
when the dino, the raptors were the coming raptors, to get yeah. the the kids, the kids yeah. and they ran toward the kids and it was a reflection so he yeah. shot in a mirror which again a lot of mirrors in this show and a lot of mirrors sure. have done a lot of things and so yeah Merida uh, shot he, was, uh, he, he was wrong he didn't who it wasn't he it was Arthur Merida. Sh- Arthur what didn't it? shoot. It was Merida. Okay. Merida is going after Arthur. Oh, that's right. That's The right. reason why Arthur was a jerk is because he tried to burn up the magical mushroom. Right. That's right. And I'm like, I, I... Jackhole. Okay. <laughs> He's yeah. a jackhole. Merida shot the arrow. Merida. Right. Correct. However, after we, after we see Arthur being the jackhole, yeah. we see Merida try to shoot at Belle, and she misses a couple of times, which was actually kind of a good thing, because normally Merida doesn't miss. But then I wonder if Merida partially missed on purpose, because we know she doesn't miss. Right. And so then when she saw Rumple and Belle crouching behind the thing, she thought it was them, but it was the mirror, because how many mirrors did they have in Dumbrock? Yeah, crouching rumble, rumple, hidden bell or something. But right. uh, anyhow, the yeah. Except I think it's crouching bell, hidden rumple. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, I did write down, and I mentioned it before, uh, the enemy from another land, and yeah. I, we don't know who that is, we don't and either. I'd like to know. So I'd be very uh, curious to know who that maybe was. Maybe the dark one, or maybe it was. I, uh, I'm um, wondering if it's. Mu-mu-mayu? Nimue? That's the one. Nimue? Yep. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. My money says, well, maybe, but my money says it's somebody we've seen before. And I mentioned a lot that, you know, Regina was the old gunfighter, and now we see Rumpel as the old gunfighter. Yeah. After that whole thing, then he, it's like he kind of leaned back in his chair, I mean, figuratively, and he goes, you know, I know Emma better than she knows herself. Yep. I've been a dark one. I know that. And we talked about this before. I knew this was coming. You know, and, and, and so he doesn't fear her because he knows, not only does he know her, right. but he knows the whole dark one trick. So it's like, right. you know, right. Uh, but uh, I, I thought we totally missed the whole point of the fact that he was talking about. So when he was driving Bell to the town line and was about ready to go over and she forced him to stop. Yeah, right. And he finally did when she threatened to jump out of the moving car, the very rapidly moving car. He, you know, he had to think of her and not his own fear. Again, a nice little, you know, brave move on his part. Born out of necessity, but, you know. uh, But anyway, then when she ran off into the hills and Merida showed up Mm -hmm. and was like, you know, Dark One's not taking any chances and she's forcing me to drink this. And and Belle's like, wait, what? Because Belle didn't have her memory. She has no memory of what happened in Camelot. And so when the bear was chasing her through the forest and then she told Rumple to run. Yeah. She's going to kill you. Right. Run. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. That's not that's not the right thing to say to him. But but again, I told you I thought it was Emma kind of playing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I knew it was Belle. But okay. what I what I was surprised was that she was going to say, you know, she's going to kill you. She's absolutely going to kill you. You need to run. And then that that was, I don't know if that was, you know, she really believed that or if she was basically goading him into be a hero. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So when um, when he finally goes, fine, do your worst, and then he had the, the transforming powder, basically, and, just, and threw it down in her throat, that was pretty cool. That was pretty yeah, cool. And then she said, well, how did you know? And he said, I didn't. I, I didn't. So I perhaps scared, perhaps his 
his standing up to that made that work. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it would not have worked yeah. if he would have crawled away and yeah. maybe threw it and just kept running the other right, way. Right, right. Um, I, I did want to talk about uh, a line that Meredith said in a mm-hmm. flashback mm. after she uh, split those arrows through. She said, I did that because sh- someone showed me mercy. Mm. And I wondered who that was. Yeah. Oh, when she, oh, you're talking about it in front of all the, the clans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She said, it's a good thing. Someone showed me mercy. So, oh, I'll bet you it's her mother. Cause her mother turned to no bear. Remember? Yeah. Okay. But, and at one point her mother specific, backed off. And so hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll It'd be interesting see, to see that, that, that yeah. scene. If the, if she's not referring to her mother, maybe we'll, we'll see if it was somebody else who maybe showed her mercy, but yeah. Um, it could also be, you know, who knows? I, it may, it may be, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that whole scene with Rumple and Belle and the fact that they were able to take Merida and then they took her down to Emma's cave of wonders. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, her cellar of wonders. That would make a great wine cellar, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a wine drinker, but it would make a really nice wine cellar. I do wine now and then. Yeah. Okay. That's a whole nother ballgame. All right. Anywho. So... I love that whole that whole scene with Emma and the three of them. Yes, the three of them. <laughs> I had to count so, my head how many people were down there. I I, I did want to say this really fast is that um, when Bell told Rumpel after the bear mm-hmm, incident mm-hmm. and all that, she said, "I knew you had it in you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's somebody believing in you is yeah. is powerful. It's huge and. Also, the fact of they basically realized they saved each other. And it wasn't just on Bell yeah. or yeah. Rumple this time. No. They both saved each they other. They worked and I together that was great. to yeah. save each other and in, in, in so many different ways. So I think that's a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm confident that that's going to strengthen their relationship. So. Mm-hmm. So we saw the Apollo bar. We did indeed. At Granny's oh, on the yeah. counter. And then Merlin and Emma meet again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they discuss that whole, she said, I'm getting a deja vu moment. And uh, he said, no, that was that was me in the movie theater. And I told you. And he reiterated what he... He didn't actually say that was me in the movie theater. He said, you know, I always wanted to try one. But I never got a chance right, right, because right. of a little girl with sticky fingers. And then she's like, oh, my God, that was you. You were the usher. And he yeah, said, yeah. yes. I'm glad you remember. And do you remember what I told you? And she said something about you were talking about Excalibur. And then you said, and he said, I told you, leave the sword alone. Mm-hmm. So yep. he that was cool that she remembered that. And it was kind of like it is one of those things where something might trigger a memory. And then, you know, you might get lucky enough to remember the whole thing. And I, we, we've kind of talked about um, Rumpel apologizing or sort of apologizing or whatever, and how the Dark One influence kind of always pulled him away, Mm -hmm. and that that Mm -hmm. the power and all that. But it was really nice when he told Belle, he said, I'm sorry for everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was, everything yeah right before he pulls the sword out but i okay so before we get to that moment because that was a great moment Mm -hmm. i loved that even 
even now, when he's still sort of somewhat a little bit cowardly, he's he's definitely braver than he was at the beginning of the episode and at the beginning of the season. But he, even then, he still recognized the art of the deal. Right. He made yeah, the yeah, deal yeah. with Emma. He has no power, basically. No, no magical power. Nothing. But. And all he had to do was say, mm, yeah, but you're not going to be able to resist it because mm-hmm. I know right. I was there. And therefore, this is what it is. And, of course, Belle's what happens if, you know, he isn't able. And she's like, well, then you get to sweep up his ashes. You were his maid once, weren't you? I mean, yeah, that I was didn't like, think that was too cool. But that was really harsh. Right. I mean, that was like, whoa, whoa, Emma, that's so not cool. But I love the fact that right before he grabs the sword, knowing that it could have disintegrated him at any second, he turns and stops and looks at Belle and just basically says, in a very roundabout way, I I love you more than life itself, and I am so sorry, and I... If I had to do all over again, I would be the man you deserve, the man you should have had from the beginning. And that's when she through tears said it's never too late mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. the feels the feels the feels yeah and then he pulls out the sword and i love that actually emma emma did her part of the bargain before he pulled the sword yeah true she gave Merida her heart back so there is a lot of there's, there's a, a lot conflict. of there's a lot of things stacking on the side of she's playing Absolutely. Just to kind of get through the process. Absolutely. Because she flat out could have said, you know what? You pull the sword out, then maybe I'll consider it. But otherwise, no. And I love the fact that she gave the heart back and then tried to pawn it off like, I was done with it anyway. (laughs) Really? Well, that's funny, but yeah. So then when he pulled the sword out and threw it on the ground and said, okay, I lived up to my end of the bargain. And she, and then I loved, oh my gosh, this was to well, me the most powerful thing. Let me, let me just say this. Once he pulled the sword out, I mean, have you, anybody, ever done something because you pretty much had to, but you didn't want to do it? Yeah. That was kind of like that sword. Yeah. He just, it was like hot potato. He had to just get rid of it. Yeah. He threw it on the ground like, okay, there. But then there was, but honestly, I don't think it was even that. What I honestly (coughs) felt from him was it was a moment of satisfaction that he did. And he proved to himself that Belle was right to believe in him, that he could do it. And that's what bolstered his ego and Mm -hmm. bolstered his, you know, bravery. Because it it gave him the strength to turn around and say to Emma, "You made a fatal mistake." Yeah, and and, and not ego in a bad way. No, Just no, no, finally no, 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 he's gosh, believing no. in himself. Exactly, so. exactly. Self esteem, yeah, yeah. if you will, mm-hmm. not ego, self esteem. Right, right. It was that bolster to his self esteem that he needed to be able to stand up to Emma and say, "You made a fatal mistake. You've turned me into a hero." Yep. I was like, <gasps> and then back. and then she said, "Well, but there's lots of heroes there's a lot in of heroes town. in town, yeah." And they haven't been able to stop me. And he's like, "Yeah, they're not me." I'm like, "Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, <gasps> yay!" So that whole thing that Isaac wrote at the end of last season, right? Rumple's wish to become a hero. Yeah. Looks like it's very rightfully coming true. Mm-hmm. Very much so. so. He got his wish. He's getting his wish, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. So. And Emma's bringing his happy ending to him. Right. 
Do, yeah, yeah, do you yeah. get the significance mm-hmm. of that? Right. So that's a carryover from uh, season one. Yes, it is. Emma made him the hero, which is his happy ending because being the hero, he will be able to be the man that Belle once needs and deserves. And he's no longer a coward. So And he's no longer a coward. Right. Yep. So the fact that she's doing that, even the way she's going about doing it, is actually the it's it's a savior move. Well he's playing into the into the hands of yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So no, that was that was that was quite a great moment. The so Henry was uh also able to do the old instead of just our author instead of, wow. Well our Arthur and author. It's kind of interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. So either yeah. one of those yeah. could have reached um, Merlin Merlin with this uh, Crimson Crownogram or right, whatever. Because they were cho- Crimson Crown. Right. So yeah. they, anyway, so they reached, Henry reached Merlin. Yeah. And uh, got the message. Yeah. And uh, the the interesting thing, though, is... You know, we kind of talked about how Rumple did a bunch of bad things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we thought maybe it was probably because of uh, the the Dark One influence, and that's really, I think, what Henry really tapped into. He said, "The person who ripped out Violet's heart isn't my mom." Right? She's still in there. So, but that wasn't her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so now we will find. Well, and that's what he that's what he said. That's where it reminded me so much of the hologram, the Princess Leia hologram from R two D two. Yeah. If this message is reaching you, it may be too late. And you're gonna have to find in order to help me, you're gonna have to find Nimue. Right. So it will be very interesting to see how they go about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was uh, The Bear and the Bow. Yes, it was. It was a great episode. Seriously, seri- I cannot wait to watch it again. It was a great, yeah. great episode. All right. So before we go, I have a huge request. Pretty please listen to me, please. I really would like to do- see what we can do on Pinterest. So if you go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 301, there is a a tall, uh, thin picture that has the name of the episode and, and the uh, URL of the episode. And if you hover over that picture, it says pin it. So if you click on that, you can pin that to Pinterest. Yes, you can. Let's see... How many times we can get that done by uh, you great listeners that are on Pinterest? Mm-hmm. Because I've always really wanted to try to see what we can do on Pinterest. And so I'm really trying to choose pictures and images that will be perfect to pin on Pinterest. So if you could do that for me, that would be fantastic. There's other pictures that if you want to share, pin, or whatever on, on Facebook, that's fine. But there's one thin one. That's perfect for Pinterest. So if you would pin that to Pinterest, that would be fantastic. I really appreciate that. So that is all I've got. So until next time, Mm -hmm. I want to send big love out to everyone 
Thank you so much for listening and spreading the word and letting other people know about our podcast. We really, really appreciate it. So if you're having a great week, pass on the happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big love is is, having a tough week. Then you know what? Hang in there. It'll get better. Yep. So pass on a little big love. Keep what you need for yourself. And Thanksgiving is going to be here before you know it. Yep. I mean, even though this is the first when we're recording this, but yeah. So we're coming to the end of the year. So here we go. And uh, so take care, guys. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. See you guys. Bye bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.